well, surely I'm not allowed to talk about Jesus at work. And I said, did your boss ever tell you that? Was it, is it in the handbook? No. no. I'm like, so, so you have convinced yourself I've without ever it. being told mm -hmm. that you are not allowed to fulfill did the gospel you in your workplace. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I was ticked. No, I, I bet. Was I bet. I bet. Because it was, it's just a stupid excuse we use yeah, all the you time. Have passion now, for that too. There is, there is like, <laughs> whoever said you're not allowed to talk right. about Jesus at work? Whoever said we're not allowed to talk about Jesus at public schools? The, the, the student can talk about Jesus at the public school. Mm -hmm. And if the school says the student can't talk about Jesus, guess who's wrong? Yeah. The school is wrong. Okay, Dan, let me, let me, of church of state it. does not mean you do not get to communicate the <laughs> no, gospel. Hey friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Pierron. I'll be the host for today's show, and I'm here with my good friends and brothers in Christ, Dan Woo! Dimite yes, yes. and Aaron Richards. Good We're super excited to be here. How are you guys doing? Hey, it was a great weekend. Yeah, yeah I mean, I it's agree. always good when the Bengals... Uh, have a victory. Gotta love yeah. that. If Gotta you're listening uh, to this uh, episode, we're recording the day after the oh, yeah. Bengals <laughs> beat the Kansas City Chiefs, which oh, yeah. is a huge win. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun too, because we have friends uh, in our missionary community who <laughs> are Chiefs fans. That's and so right. it's so good to rub it in their face. Yeah, Sam yeah. and Whitney, we do love you. Yeah. And so if you're hearing today, Aaron, how was your weekend? I didn't watch the Bengals or, or the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's fair. But uh, It was it, a great weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful out. While you guys are watching football, I was doing other meaningful things. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, fair. yeah. That's fair. Sure. There are other meaningful things. <laughs> um, speaking of um, football, I was actually on a football campus this past weekend. So we did um, one of our series of Awaken Nights. So if you're listening uh, today and you don't know this about Damascus, uh, amidst all of the youth outreach and things that we do, we also do young adult and college outreach. And so I was at Michigan State University, which mm -hmm. is uh, pretty funny. Sparty Go Michigan. We, yeah, we love yeah, I mean, Michigan like, here. I don't, mm -hmm. but I, um, I, I do love that I got to go there. Yeah. And uh, East Lansing is a great place. And um, the episode today is actually going to be kind of a, I, I guess, continuation of what I realized there, which is uh, as we've been doing these college events, I've noticed that uh, the message, so I've had the opportunity to preach at all these events and I'm just beginning to realize that the message that I'm speaking there, I don't think is just for college students. So we're going to dive into that a little bit today. We're going to talk about being different. But um, before we jump there, uh, would one of you want to lead us in prayer? I do. Oh, beat Aaron to it. I'll fight you. Yeah. Oh, I did prayer. All oh time. man, Aaron, it's all you. Oh man, Brad picked Aaron. I know. I that know. means Brad thinks Aaron's a better prayer. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and cry. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for Dan. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, thank you for this uh, opportunity to come together in um, in this community, Lord, to receive from you and to be formed by you. We put ourselves uh, we put ourselves in front of you, Jesus, praying that you would look into our hearts, that you would convict us of this message of being of being different and being identified, being set apart for you. Uh, Lord, we pray that these words would strike us to the heart. And uh, Lord, that, that this message will be delivered directly to those who need to receive it most. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, name of the Son, Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So yeah, um, one, one thing I was noticing is as I was speaking at Michigan State, I was giving the same message um, in just a little bit of a different way that I do at every single college campus. And it dawned on me that like, I, 
I wonder how many people could resonate to what's being spoken. And so um, just to kind of like set it up today, I'd love to get your guys' initial thoughts, but um, the message that I've been giving is centered around this idea, that in the church today and in the world today, we see so many areas where we want difference right? So we see this thing that we wish was different or this thing that we wish was different, or man, wouldn't it be awesome if there was a difference made in this area or this area of life? And I think that we have gotten to a place where we focus on all the areas that could use differentness in it, but we've lost the sight of actually, if I would focus on becoming different, I could be that difference, you know? They're like, actually, it might be those areas that are being highlighted to me that I'm called to be different for, not just aware of the fact that there needs to be difference in that sphere, mm-hmm. right? And so um, that's kind of the the crux of it. I wonder what you guys think of that. Is that something that you guys see, um, I don't know, in ministry and life and your family? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think it used to be that if I wanted to make a mark, I had to do something about it. And now... Mm-hmm. I think as a social media, as long as I post uh, something I on social something media, yeah, it. like I, I like hmm. there truly is this thing. As long as I'm standing for the right issue and I have the right mindset of the issue, then I'm doing something for it, as opposed to mm-hmm. like actually doing something for yeah, it. You know, yeah. like, uh, was, are you identifying that as a reality or a problem? A problem, yeah. Okay. Like that, it's just that it's like okay, <laughs> so I've posted something about the pro life movement on on social media, so now all of a sudden I feel like I'm an advocate for the pro life movement. But it's like, well, mm-hmm. actually, did that? Did that make a difference or, or are you just throwing words into a whole space where right. everyone throws their own opinion into the, mm-hmm. like, and so you just threw, it's like, you know, just word, word vomit, word yeah. vomit, word vomit. And we think that we're on the right track but as are we opposed actually to moving the needle. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, am I actually living differently? Am I doing anything to, to change the world or am mm-hmm. I just posting things? Mm-hmm. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, that's good. I, I, I mean, Yes, Brad, I resonate with that message. I think it's I think it's the reality. It's be the change you want to see in the world, right? right. For yeah. a, for a new age. Yeah. Yeah. As as sort of Wait, our... did you just promote the new age movement? Yes. For a no, new no, age. No, no, yes. we didn't. Yeah. We didn't. Um, we're gonna and cut join that out us later. No, next week. Oh, when Aaron talks about new age Christianity. <laughs> you know, as as uh I think we're we're experiencing a shift in the culture, obviously. And as as Dan was suggesting, yeah, it's uh what I represent is mm-hmm. is important now more than ever. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. I don't know if you guys were watching the news, but there's a there's a rehashing right now of the case in Colorado where uh, the cake the, the the famed cake maker yeah. refused to make a cake for a for a homosexual wedding mm-hmm. uh, years ago and was was permitted to do that under his business. And there's a there's a new case now with a social media promoter for weddings mm-hmm. who's who's going through the same process. Mm-hmm. And just the the climate has shifted dramatically. I bet. So so now it's not about freedom of exercise and business. Mm-hmm. It's about freedom of speech. And do I actually have the right as a as a promoter of ideas to not promote an idea that I don't agree with? If I'm promoting other ideas, mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm derailing the question. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. You're not. As I as see what you're as the I think as the as the climate for expression shifts, yeah, definitely. We, we just have to look at it from a different lens. Exactly, and I think and then what that'll sometimes do, and it's funny because to your point, Aaron, it's actually like um, almost the absence of differentness in that has led us to a place now where it's like, well, what am I permitted to do and not do? Like I, I think to your point, Dan when I uh, give the talk to the college students that are there, I usually focus in on like the problems that we suggest are in the church today. 
right? So we'll, we'll say like um, some of the biggest problems facing the church today, abortion, euthanasia, um, poverty, r- racial uh, divide, or like you just name the whole yeah. spectrum, right? Um, political unrest, like all these things that we hear all of the time as some of the biggest, um, I don't know, problems that the church is facing today. When I, when I lay those out, what I say is at the very end, I'm like, what if none of those are actually the biggest problem in the church today? What if the biggest problem in the church today is indifference? That the good news isn't the good news anymore? It's just okay news I've heard before. So it's just, I'm indifferent, which becomes the enemy of differentness. That, mm-hmm. that because I don't recognize how different this faith that we live is, I don't see how different I'm called to be, right? Because it's become so secondhand and monotonous that I just see that part of my life as secondhand and monotonous. But it's really exciting for me to get a part of a group that says, we're going to, we're going to say this thing, but it's like, no, what if we give our life to this thing? You know, Mm -hmm. like if, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't fully, I I don't fully, I even say this in the, the talks. I don't fully see like what the outcome of this could be, but I do think that there is something about if I start with me and recognizing like the areas that that like I've fallen into indifference that I can then begin seeing how different the gospel is. And then in fact, how different I'm called to live, you know? Yeah. One of the questions has been um, invading my mind this year has been what, what was it about the lifestyle of the early Christians that led to the growth of Christianity at, at such a rapid rate. And I think it's so interesting that they, their starting point was not labeling themselves as Christian. It was that they actually, they were mm. called Christians because their life was so different. The, the people outside of the Christian community said, wow, these are little anointed ones. Yes. Like the, the yeah. anointing of God is on them. They're Christians. And mm-hmm. like the, that I think sometimes we start with the fact I'm Christian. And because of that, what the, the issue is, well, we just just like, so you know, I'm I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm different than you, right? Yeah, because yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, are you different? Huh. And are people That's saying, awesome. "Whoa, you're <laughs> yeah. Christian," That's really right? Good. Like, there's what did they even um to take that a step further, right? They didn't they didn't refer to themselves as Christians. They referred to themselves as the way. Yeah, the way. They, Isn't they, that interesting? So they were emphasizing lifestyle, mm-hmm. and other people were seeing the difference. Well, and they're yeah, they're different. Their life is different. Their love is different. They're. Yeah. I was actually talking to one of our missionaries this morning, AJ, and he was he was saying that he's been studying the early church fathers and they they talk about one of the major reasons Christianity grew in the early church was because of the morality that the early Christians lived. And it was so uh, distinct from the morality of the culture that people looked at it and they were like, whoa, wait a second. Your life is actually bearing better results than the rest of the world's life. And so if if we do live so differently, it, I think as culture spins out of control and the morality of culture spins out of control, it's only a matter of time before people start looking at the lifestyle of Christianity to say, mm, you know what? Those other aspects of life that I thought were going to bring happiness, mm-hmm. I'm I have enough testimonial accounts now that it mm-hmm. didn't yield happiness in people's lives, maybe not even in my own life, but let's look at these lives over here. They are, uh, they're happy. They're they're fulfilled. And it's, it's like, who, who's at rest? Who's at peace? Who's fulfilled? Yep. Aaron, I wonder, like, um, I was actually thinking while Dan was saying that, um, and you, you say this better than I do, but, um, we talk a lot here about how Jesus proclaimed the gospel and then demonstrated it. And when he was demonstrating that, which was, he was, that, which he was proclaiming, 
he was doing it to show just how different the message was, you know? And I wonder like with what Dan's saying there, why, why is there like, I don't know, for us an apprehension to demonstrate in the same way? You know, I think we, we believe the words in a lot of the Christians I meet, I think believe the words, but, um, the demonstration seems to be difficult sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a process of, um, we're, we're, we're weak. Like <laughs> yeah, we're, we're soft. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, right. um, when we, when we look at, you know, okay. So yeah, in, in the early church, in the ministry of Jesus, no bones about it. They were, they were different. That's why they were, they were hunted and killed. Right. Yes. And, in, and in spite of it, they, they thrived and grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm re, I'm finishing a read through of, of Acts of the Apostles right now. And it's, it's just, it's so awesome to follow the journey of Paul. Um, yeah. And it's funny that, you know, to be different, like, even as a Pharisee, the, the Pharisees were a sect known as like the separated ones, mm-hmm. um, the different ones. Uh, and and that, that Paul really, really then lived that mm-hmm. in a unique way. And and Dan, you're mentioning that, yeah, it rolled right over into the early church that, that demonstration of miracle signs and wonders, when we see the conclusion of Mark's gospel, that, that the Lord confirmed his word through their preaching right? Mm-hmm. That as the apostles went and preached that the word was confirmed through demonstrations and signs. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, path through history, right? You see that once Christianity became legalized, that that just the, the tenor shifted. Mm-hmm. And in, in our American culture right now, yeah, uh, we, we've been in a place of, you know, the word that, uh, that we hear often is Christendom, Right where yeah. it's been socially advantageous for us to be Christian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, it is Christianity is so often associated with with the nice niceness, the niceness Definitely. gospel, Definitely. or the you know the unoffensive gospel, mm-hmm. and that's just not the gospel. No, well, and I, I think niceness is even more appropriate than kindness, like because mm-hmm. niceness it comes from the, the derivative meaning ignorant. So, and I, I do actually think sometimes like. When people see Christians, they're just like, you're ignorant to the hardships in the world. It's like, no, no, no. We're actually trying to bring the leaven. We're actually trying to like raise up that which is low in the world and and bring it higher. I I, I love that you're using signs and wonders because like, I think that's actually part of the problem is that the moment we say signs and wonders, it's like, well, let's be careful. You know, like it's almost like a knee jerk reaction sometimes in Catholicism when it's like, (laughs) well, but, but like, no. Jesus left us the Eucharist as the source and summit of the faith, like the the greatest sign and the greatest wonder yeah. under the under the heavens, like that we have here, is that He would represent the once for all sacrifice on Calvary, so that we could partake yeah. in the amazing salvific work of Christ. Like that's well, and it's funny that a you, sign. It's funny that you say that, Brad, because even as Aaron was saying that, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, that's nice, Aaron, but what are what are some practical tips we can give to our <laughs> listeners on how to live different? Yes. And and it, it, it so even like someone who like I, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty confident sure. that signs and wonders is the primary way to evangelize the world right now. I'm still like, okay, but there's got to be more than yes. that. And how, do I, how do I demonstrate it with, <laughs> right, right. with niceness? Yeah. Well, maybe we talk <laughs> yeah. about that a little bit too. Is that like I think so? Okay, let's say that you're listening today and you're thinking, okay, Brad, Dan, and Aaron, they talk about signs and wonders a lot. Um, they, they talk about miracles a lot. Like that, that isn't exactly 
something that's the most common thing in my Catholicism. What does that mean? Well, like we define these things here all the time, right? That a sign is something that points to something, right? So a sign is something that suggests something is coming, right? And so Jesus, like through the Holy Spirit, will work signs in the world today so that the world knows that we're still oriented towards heaven. It's these uh, and we've talked about this in in, uh, in Aquinas and other things over the time of this podcast. It's it's a precursor. It's it's giving us a foretaste of what is to come. Right. It's it's the sign. The wonder is that which invokes something from within me to wonder at the mystery. You know. And our church is founded on mystery. And the miraculous is that which can't be explained in normal terms. Right. Like if we focus on those definitions, I think we can get somewhere. I wonder if you guys have well, more. Well, I think setting it up. So you're, you you started the show with talking about the the idea. Okay, we're preaching to college students, and we're telling them if you yep. want to see a difference in the world, you actually have to live differently. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's the if we want to if we want to see a difference in our workplace, if we want to see a difference in our family, if we want to see a difference in our parish, if we want to see a difference in our neighborhood, wherever we are, um, in order to see the difference, I have to interact differently. And mm-hmm. what we've been doing, church, isn't working, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. And, and so the very one of the simplest differences to kind of activate signs and wonders is that when someone's speaking negativity or despair over their own life, which or over the world or over whatever situation, and just follow that and they will, right? <laughs> like I just, yeah. I, I like people naturally speak negatively, right? Just simply say, hey, can can I pray for you for that? Or can we, can we pray about that right now and mm-hmm. actually engage in prayer? And so seeking a signs and wonder style ministry like Jesus did, it doesn't have to be like, I'm calling fire down from heaven right now. And I'm Elijah and there's prophets of Baal gathered around. And I, and, and it, it can be as simple as let's pray mm-hmm. right now. We start to pray. And, and then you simply ask that question, as you pray, what are you experiencing right now? Mm-hmm. And that's where you give an opportunity for the sign to be communicated, right? That they, they, they'll say, wow, I'm experiencing peace right now. Boom. That, do you know what that is? That's a sign of that God is with you. And now all of a sudden you're not only talking about God, you're allowing the person that you're, you're with to experience and to encounter the Mm -hmm. peace of God, who is the Holy spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they've now had an encounter with God and, and, and that's, and then what happens to them when they realize that in the midst of the busyness of their day and in their despair, God has come, mm-hmm. you communicate the sign that God is there, boom, they're filled with wonder. Mm-hmm. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden the mm-hmm. atmosphere is shifted and That's we're right. moving the ball forward. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's as simple as, can I pray with you? Like, mm-hmm. and I don't think we do that. And it's startling yeah. too. I mean, if you do that, I love when I ask a gas station person, can I pray mm-hmm. right now with you? Like, mm-hmm. it's so startling to them because they're like, <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, because right. I, I don't, first of all, they're thinking, am I allowed to pray at work? Am I allowed to pray at work? Sure. And then they're like, oh wait, I work at a gas station. There's literally no one here. Yes. I can do that. Like, well, right? And it's different. Yeah. Right. It's so like, different. Because that, the, a, a different presentation yields a different response. I, well, I was talking to someone the it's other day. They were like, not rocket they were like, well, uh, surely I'm not allowed to talk about Jesus at work. And I said, did your boss ever tell you that? Was it, is it in the handbook? 
No. no. I'm like, so so you have convinced yourself I've without ever it. being told mm -hmm. that you're not allowed to fulfill the did gospel you in, in your workplace. Tone? What? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was ticked. No, I bet. I bet. I bet. Because it was it's just a stupid excuse we use yeah, all the you time. Have passion now, for that too. There is, there is like <laughs> whoever said you're not allowed to talk right. about Jesus at work? Whoever said we're not allowed to talk about Jesus at public schools? The 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 student can talk about Jesus at the public school. Mm -hmm. And if the school says the student can't talk about Jesus, guess who's wrong? Yeah. The school is wrong. Okay, Dan, Separate let me. Let me of church and state it. does not mean you do not get to communicate the no, gospel. Yes, I, I completely agree. Let me push in. So Bring you on can, the lawsuit. Let me push it in so you can make. <laughs> let me push in so you can make it stronger. What would you say, like, so someone that's listening to that, um, and Aaron, you can chime in too, but like someone that's listening to that, that's thinking to themselves, like, yeah, Dan, but you kind of you have to earn the right to be heard, right? You can't just go around and like say Jesus to everyone because what if that person gets moved farther from him, not closer to him because you jumped the gun. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, I hear your passion, Dan. I'm just like, yeah, obviously there needs to be a prudence. We need to take it step by step. Like what would yeah, you, yeah. what's your response? I've used the football analogy for that before. So there's a yeah. difference between first and 10 and, and third and 10. Right. And so if it's first and mm -hmm. 10, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got multiple plays to, mm -hmm. to get where I want to go. If it's third and 10, shoot, I've got fewer options. And so if I'm in a quicker relationship, suppose I'm at the Walmart or the gas station, or uh, I'm meeting with someone over lunch and it's like my only, like it's a client that I'm only seeing this one time. It's a third and 10 situation. I may not get to like have multiple opportunities. So I may have to take a bigger risk, right? Mm -hmm. If it's first and 10 and I'm showing up to work every day and I have lunch with the same coworkers every day, I don't have to take the same kind of third and 10 type risk. It's, I've got opportunities mm -hmm. to evaluate what's the best move, the best play here. And, mm -hmm. and how do I adjust as, as, as the plays yeah. go on? And so I think, you know, it's, yes, you have to earn the right to be heard, but it's, sure. and, and, but it does depend on the relationship. It depends on the relationship. What do you think about that, Aaron? I think that the, maybe the, I don't think it's really a dichotomy, but maybe the, the two parts to that are prudence and boldness that they kind of have to walk together. You know, like, I don't know if you have words for that. I mean, I, I'm, one, the biggest question I'm curious about, Dan, is what does a punt look like? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And um, Aaron, analogies... Aaron's going to come to this gas station uh, in two days. So I'm going to let Aaron do it in two days. No, yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably actually what we usually do, right? It's like first and 10, we're like, punt. Punt. Someone else we're will do play, it. We're gonna Someone else will do it, coach. We're going to play. We're gonna, no, man. I'm just starting to think like first and 10, let's punt to play field position. We really don't want to get ourselves in a bind yeah. here. It's like, that's not how you play. That's overly safe. Well, and I, I do think that is, it is the actual. Actually, it's it's a sad reality, but that is usually what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. We're I punting. We're not we're not playing the game. I get it. But yeah, so the, I, I think I think Brad, where, where I where I come down to there is that God's given us so many tools in our tool belt mm -hmm. that that prudence and boldness can be exercised simultaneously, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So uh, yes. if and and that's honestly that's why the type of teaching and formation that I think we do here at Damascus is so critical. Agreed. Because like I, I can have a I can have truly a spirit-filled prophetic mm -hmm. interaction, conversation with you and and not explicitly come out and say, have, have you heard about Jesus, right? Because that, mm -hmm. that for whatever reason gets offensive mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and <laughs> certainly it shouldn't be, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when, when, we, when, we, when we speak in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus and the power of Jesus, Jesus mm -hmm. is communicated. That's right. Right? And, and we just, we need to know that we need to know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a powerful name. I think that's, that's a thing that I've noticed too, is 
Um, it's funny to me that that I would say like early in my life, Jesus was the one name that you spoke and that there was immediately a line drawn. We now have that with politicians. I think that's partially because we're making politicians um, gods and we're making politics religion sometimes because <laughs> in, in the absence of religion, you need something to some, we're just made, we're, we're made to like submit under something greater, you know, but I, I, uh, <laughs> that is a fun thing to do though. So, it, what, so what do you think about Trump? Trump? Yeah, and no, seriously, I know I'm, 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 I'm being partially yeah, serious yeah. that like, like, or, um, so what do you think about Jesus? Uh, 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 <laughs> Obama was in a, ser- a similar place. Like yeah. there's a, there, now you speak this name and it's Clinton, immediately like, yeah. well, we're going, yeah. it's like, wait, like, yeah. So we've given other names <clears throat> authority, but Jesus is certainly still a name that has that type of authority. But I agree. We can, we can do both at the same time because we can be human. Like it's the same thing of like asking how much should I share about my life with someone I just met? It's like, it depends on who the person is and like where I'm at. Am I at a dinner party where I'm sitting with them one-on-one for two hours? We could share a good amount about our lives. But if I immediately share difficulties I'm having with my, in my marriage with someone I saw for 30 seconds, that's clearly inappropriate. But the thing is in that situation, we're like, well, that's just social competency, but this whole evangelization thing, we should always play it safe. It's like, well, I'm not like that in in my normal life. I'm not asking like, rhetorical questions in my head. I'm just kind of engaging with the situation to the best that I can. And I think if we would get around um, maybe our apprehensions there, we could see that actually what being different is when it comes to evangelization is being who I am. It's actually just like manifesting the the part of Jesus that's been entrusted to me. Like, I, I think that the college students are blown away when I get to that part with them. And um, in the messages, I, I preach the kerygma, right? So the, the general message is, okay, raise your hand if there's something in the world that you think could use being different. Everyone raises their hand, of course, right? And we can go around and talk. Everybody's got a passion. And then I say, well, what if the invitation for you wasn't to just see that as something that needs to be different, but to be that different? Yeah. And then what if I was to tell you the only way to be different is to do what other people aren't doing? And what if I was to tell you the best person to ever do that was Jesus? And then I walked through the story of Jesus and just how different he was. Like it was, it actually blew me away this last message I was giving. And I do different biblical stories because I'm just, I love it. Like it, it, it surprises me. I love when I'm speaking and you're speaking a story that you, you're praying with. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa. And this time, and, and then I want to ask a question off of it. I, I was um, struck. I was uh, speaking from the woman at the well, you know, that like at the woman, uh, at, at the well, rather, the woman finds herself before Jesus and Jesus says things to her that under normal circumstances, she probably would have been severely offended by, right? Like he, he calls out her sin on its face, to her face. And, and what I was really struck by when I was preaching this time was, could you imagine how different his eyes had to be? For him to look at this woman who's there in the middle of the day, who wants to be away from people because all of them judge her for her things, he then speaks the very thing she's afraid to be judged by to her face, and her response is, I'm going to go tell everyone they need to meet this man who told me everything I've ever done. Like, that is a an atypical response to something. Yep. So the question has to be, why did she respond that way to Jesus? Mm-hmm because he was different 
And because his eyes were different and his eyes communicated, his presence communicated something different. And I, I, um, have you seen the chosen uh, episode on that one? I haven't, man. Oh, gosh, it's no, uh, yes, I want to, because <laughs> I, I was actually just, um, and this is, I, 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 I've only seen the first chosen episode. And Brad's, the Brad's the, a bad Christian. Cause he hasn't watched chosen. No, I do have people. <laughs> no, nah, they don't say that. That's not what I was going to say. There are people that are like, Brad, seriously, get your life together. Do you need to go to confession? No, but I know I was the reason, I'm, the reason I'm speaking that I've only seen the first episode is I was actually, interestingly enough, drawn to the eyes of Jesus when he says, Mary yeah, at yeah. the end of the first episode, cause he was different. Cause, uh-huh. and it was so evident. Yeah. It was so evident that she like, she had been pursued by all these other men. She, she had had her name said in different ways. But when this one was said, he was so different yeah. that she desired to be different. Like difference begets difference. It definitely does. Yeah. And I do think sometimes we complicate evangelization and we complicate what the church is meant to be. The church is meant to be a different place on earth. It's supposed to be a home for pilgrims. It's supposed to be a place where we say, hey, we're all kind of doing this thing that's different than what the world's doing. And we're going to try to bring it to the world, yeah. you know? I don't know. It's been it's been in my heart to say like, I think that if we, well, let's just ask that to you two. Like, what is it about Jesus that's so different that we're not stepping into? You know, we're talking signs and wonders. Are there other things? I was thinking about the eyes. Like, when my presence is in a place, do I bring a peace? You know, like, or do I bring the anxiety that other people bring when I bring in there? I don't know. There's something about that that stood out to me. I wonder. Yeah, if you have thoughts on it, my. where I keep going, and I, I've I've hit upon this phrase a number of times over the last few weeks in conversation with people. But mm-hmm. in the presence, I guess when light enters the presence of darkness, darkness flees. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it was whether it was a physical circumstance of brokenness or whether it was a spiritual circumstance of a habit of sin, when Jesus entered the room, darkness flees. Definitely. So I, I think uh, you know. I don't know whether it's uh, certainly it's something that Jesus did. Certainly it's mm-hmm. something that Jesus carried, but, but that's the mark. Right. And that's really good. And I, I wonder if maybe we could, we could determine through a, through a process of examination of conscience, right. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, examine mm-hmm. my day Yeah. in the presence in, in my, in my presence today, did darkness flee? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, know. and if, and if not, where do I, where do I need to shift? Mm-hmm. And it's a tough dichotomy because you don't want you don't want darkness to flee because no one brings their darkness to you. <laughs> you know, like I think mm-hmm. sometimes we can get the reputation at work or with our friends that like, oh well, you know, I'm not I'm not even I'm not even going to be comfortable around this person to share things with them. And yeah. uh, like I always hate when I'm talking to a, uh, you know a youth <laughs> group alumni. Mm-hmm. The first moment I see them, I'm like, hey, how are you? And I'm like genuinely excited to see them, and they're like, they just like you can see almost shame fall over them, mm-hmm. like. Uh, like I haven't, I haven't been good enough. Like, yeah, and it's like, yeah. what? Like that's no, that wasn't the goal here. Like I don't want darkness to, like, to flee because mm-hmm. you refuse to like, just be open. And I think there's, I think that's a, that's a tough thing in our world today. But do you um, see this? I, I, I think that I've recognized this and I think to Aaron's point, um, I think that, um, okay. So let's, let's start with that premise that when light enters, darkness has to go. There are times when Jesus walks in and the darkness like like manifests itself, presents itself on the surface and he attends to it. One thing that I do see in the church sometimes though, Dan, off of kind of what you're saying there is I think we can swing the pendulum too far where we over-relate to brokenness. 
Yeah. I, I like I've read the gospels a lot recently because I'm just really in on, on the differentness of Jesus, you know? So Jesus never over relates to brokenness. He says things like courage, child, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Go in peace. Like, right. Like rise, yep. take up your mat and walk. Like, I think sometimes in the name of being pastoral and maybe in the name of being similar instead of different, I think that sitting with someone and just simply echoing back to them that they're in an okay place can take, um, I don't know. It can almost take the, the desire of Jesus like, um, out of their hearts because yeah. it's, it begins to be a place where I'm heard, yeah. not a place where I'm freed. And again, I'm not saying Jesus didn't hear people. So like I'm wrestling with this idea literally on this podcast right now, but I think I wonder sometimes in my life, if I'm actually stepping in to say like, actually there's light for that. Actually, yeah. can we pray right? Like, yeah. can we pray right now? Like that's not, I, well, I, and, and I think Jesus yeah. is different if, to use the woman of the well. He's different in two ways, right? He's different, if you will, in the way he loved and his eyes, as you speak yeah, of, there's yeah. something different about him as a be, person. And then there's different uh, a difference in the way he spoke, right? And he challenged, he speaks boldly to her and engages in conversation about something that needed to be engaged in without like without avoiding the conversation. And I think that's probably what it is. Most people avoided her and avoided her situation where he's like, there's an issue here in your life and you're unhappy about it. Let's talk about it. I remember one of my college professors, Dr. Perry Cowhall, he's an amazing man. I've met him. He he, is amazing. He's awesome. And he he told this story one time where he was at a bar with a college friend and the, the two of them were college students. And this guy's like, oh, maybe he was. They weren't even friends. Maybe they, he they were just both there, and he was. But this guy starts bragging about his conquest, his sexual yeah. conquest, and how like how awesome his life is. And uh, and, and <laughs> Doctor Cowell just basically said he looked him in the eyes, and there was just like like this frustration that welled up inside of him, and it was just like like you were not happy. Like, I guarantee you in the depths of your heart, you're miserable. You're bragging and bragging and bragging, but I guarantee in the pit of your soul, you're empty and alone. And this, this guy begins to weep and, and cry. And it's just that, and, and, uh, and then they engage in the conversation. I think the spirit wow. was on him in that moment that he was willing to engage and not like, what would most Christians do there? Like, Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. they they wouldn't know how to react. They wouldn't know what to say. They would they 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 would kind of dismiss it and get out of the situation and try to change the topic. The default and, can be passiveness. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's like I'll I'll pray for you when I go home tonight and add it to the list. Yeah. Now again, I'm not even saying that that's necessarily always wrong. What I'm what I'm wrestling with is how often we do that compared to, hey, that actually might not be the best way to live. You so know, I think you need, risky, you need witness and you need proclamation of the gospel, right? It's the both and that Jesus witnesses differently and he proclaims the kingdom and then he prays, he demonstrate, he demonstrates. And mm-hmm. so there's witness, there's proclamation, there's demonstration. First, Jesus is an authentic witness of the kingdom of God. The kingdom has come upon him, right? So then witness pro- is what you see. So wit- you witness- see and feel something different with Jesus. Is that N- uh, Yeah, it's, or witness is who I am as a person, okay. my character, my integrity, right? So like uh, a lot of times I was on a conversation with business leaders and they were, they were suggesting, I was trying to suggest that we need to proclaim the gospel in the workplace more often. They're like, yeah, but there's, there's always those Christians who have the Jesus as Lord sign and then they're complete jerks. And I'm like, that's, that's a strong man argument. All right. So maybe there have been 
bad witnesses who proclaimed mm-hmm. the gospel. And because of that, their proclamation was useless. But well, even more than straw man, it's an ad hominem, right? So I am making an argument yeah. based on someone that I saw do something wrong, not what? on the merits <laughs> if Jesus is Lord is right. Yeah, yes. yes. So, so yes, we do have to be an authentic witness to the gospel. We have the kingdom of God, as you said, the light has to be in us. And when we walk into a space, that darkness flees because of what's inside mm-hmm. of me. There's a witness, but then there's the proclamation. So the proclamation that the kingdom of God is a hand, the, the proclamation that Jesus is, is who he says he is, that peace is available to you, that forgiveness and reconciliation and mercy, these things that we are empty, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and nothing else will satisfy. Some sort of a proclamation of the truth, right? And, and not a political truth, but it, but an eternal biblical truth. And then an opportunity for the demonstration. So there's an authentic witness, an authentic proclamation, Mm -hmm. and then the demonstration that what I say that Jesus will fulfill you. Now, let let me help demonstrate that, that Jesus will bring you peace. Let me help demonstrate that. And, and that comes through prayer, through, through prayer ministry at the time, or, or through a pervading conversation with someone or through an, an invitation, like now, I know you may not know this, but there are people out there who are amazing. Why don't, why don't you come check this event out with mm-hmm. me? You know, like that there's, there's this opportunity to, to walk a person. And if any of those are, 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 are missing, then our efforts are, we're not making a difference. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Yeah. Right. That that's the way to make a difference that I'm a witness that I proclaim the gospel and then I demonstrate the gospel. And that combination, I think moves the ball forward. Yeah. You can almost analyze that too. I think, that I think that's good. That, that's a great model. Mm-hmm. Uh, models are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus breaks models too. Yeah, and yeah, true. Sometimes he walks into a room and and heals a guy. Yeah, yeah. right. And, With, then, and then walks away and says, "Don't tell anybody." Yes, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's like a um, yeah. There's a there's a common. Uh, I think there's a common thread in Catholicism that like suggests something like this: that my pursuit of Jesus like requires me to come to know him to a sufficient degree before I share him with others. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so wrong. And it's, it, it, it's, it's hard for me to like explain why I believe that's so wrong because it's like, it keeps people on the bench forever. Yeah. I, th- I think it, it we, we talk about like Catholic guilt sometimes. Like I, I, I like that whenever I'm living in a sinful way or something like that, I have an amazing church that makes me aware of the fact that that's something I can turn away from. Like, that's great. Like that part of like guilt, if it's leading me there, amazing. But this, this guilt of like, I am broken to the point where like, I just need to keep working on me before, like they're probably doing okay. I mean, I got problems just like the rest of them. It's like, yeah, but I constantly see in the church fathers and in the early church and in the life of Jesus in the stories that we read in the Acts of the Apostles, men and women who definitely did not know all of theology. They didn't even have the mass set up. Like yeah. they didn't know liturgy. <laughs> they didn't have any of the resource we have two millennia later. And yet they went forward and were like, this guy is real <laughs> and he'll change your life forever. And I actually met him a couple months ago, and he changed my life forever. <laughs> and I'm actually coming here risking death to tell you I met him a couple months ago, and I think you should too. Yeah. Like there's something so profoundly simple about that, that that brings me to life. And when I when I share to college students that like, hey, just saying yes to Jesus tonight, proclaiming him as Lord, knowing that he's real, that he's calling you and you need to act, that's that's it. 
and then find where you're going to act. And you can act by, I always say, like taking an empowerment step. So go somewhere where you can dive more deeply into this, right? So we're doing this one night here. Go to the Seek Conference, you know? Go to the Empower Conference that we run at Damascus. Go to Ascend that St. Paul's Outreach runs. Go to the Encounter Conference. Take an empower step where it's like, whoa, this is real. Now I'm going to go like, I don't know, almost put my money where my mouth is on yep. like it's real. I, yep. I, is it that simple? Am I missing something? I, I think know. I think it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, and I think ultimately the reason it's that simple is because when we're honest with ourselves, you've got to admit that, that 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 idea that I need to know Jesus more before I can proclaim, it's just a thinly shrouded excuse for selfishness. Yes. And, and, and timidity. Yes. Yeah, and on the other side too, and maybe you can speak to this, Aaron, I think it's also, it can be a... um like an insulary defense to a wounded identity, right? Yeah. That like, like, I hey, hey, the same yeah, thing. exactly. That, um, yeah, maybe speak to that something. Like, <clears throat> I, I just, I see it sometimes like, actually, I'm not super confident in who I am. <laughs> and if I take this risk and I fail, well, that's just reiterating that lie that I'm a, you, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Bingo. Yeah. And, and certainly there's no judgment in this. No. Like, I, uh, yeah, welcome to the mirror. Like, I, <laughs> welcome to the mirror. Like, I, I'm not saying this to everyone. I'm saying it to me just as much. Yeah. Um, the uh, the two words that have really um, that have resonated. I, I don't know what kind of message the Lord's trying to to put together in my heart in this uh, over the course of the last few months has mm-hmm. been um, has been to, that we're called to demonstrate and we're called to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, short of that, mm-hmm. like that that's the the witness of Jesus in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm supposed to I'm supposed to demonstrate the power of God and to give my life as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, certainly there's, there's a good place for healthy Christians. Like mm-hmm. I, I want that. I, I want people to live in a place of health, but if health becomes the enemy of self-sacrifice, yeah. then, then yeah. health's gotta go. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if, if exhaustion is becoming an excuse for me to step away from, from the gospel, then guess what? Like mm-hmm. die tired, man. Yeah. Um, I was, I was talking to, uh, to a missionary brother a couple, a couple of days ago that, um, Dan and I, when we were in college together, we, I, I forget even what, which saint it was who really inspired this, but, uh, we, we were, we were committed not only to pour ourselves out, but mm-hmm. to give ourselves to the point that when my head hits the pillow, I'm asleep yes. because, because I've, because I've given every, I've every ounce of my energy mm-hmm. this day. Yeah. And, um, I, I I just I think about that sometimes when I'm so spent. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> my head hits the pillow and I yeah. fall asleep, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, this is exhausting. I love when I wake up tired, and and I I wake up, mm-hmm. you know, um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, there. yeah. Like, and Paul proclaims that. I think it's in Second Corinthians where where Paul says, "I will most gladly spend yeah. and be utterly spent for the salvation of your souls." Like he's just writing to the church in Corinth, like brokenhearted. Like I, I want this for you so badly because I know how much it changed my life. And those are the type of lines from Paul. He has one like that in Philippians where he's writing to the point of tears in prison. Like it's like those moments, like it gives us access to what the Christian life could be for us. Like I, I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want to have an abundance in the tank. Yeah, I don't like I. I I want I want to be spent, but for the right thing. But the but the only way for that to make sense is if it's rooted in the right place. So yeah, sure. So like yeah, a, a lifestyle of fasting is is a 
a straight path to sainthood. Yes. But a lifestyle of starvation is... Yes, a pathway uh, to uh, fatherlessness sad, almost. Sad. <laughs> yes, right? no, seriously. It's sad and disappointing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, loneliness. If, if, if I am... I mean, I made I made the statement that I, I love waking up. I love waking up tired, right? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a crappy, unhealthy way to live, unless my, my life is being spent for the for the gospel, for Jesus, for something that matters, for something to, that to, to give myself yeah. away from my children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Because because those things then are an indication that I'm that I'm working to build virtue, mm-hmm. and and that God's working it on me in such a way that He's going to use that sacrificial offering to transform the world. If if there's a shred of me that's trying to maintain my own, um, I don't know, my own habit or my own uh, self-soothing or mm-hmm. my own uh, avoidance or or whatever or coping, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, those same those same mentalities are just going to become mm-hmm. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The de- I I I wonder. Um, I want to I want to maybe focus in a little bit on the 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 dying piece and maybe hear your thoughts on it, Dan, because it's like um. I think it's interesting because when we talk in in um, Christian circles, like we know that to die to the old man and to rise to the new creation, like even in baptism, right, that we're we're brought into his death and we come up from the water into yeah. his life. That, that it's all over the Christian message that we are called to die so that Christ might live, right? And that Christ died so that we might live. Like it's this this beautiful understanding of the faith. I wonder. I'm going to throw it over to you, Dan. But I, I actually had a recent. Um, thought, uh, around. So over the last number of years, uh, my wife, Nina and I, we've just, we've just seen a lot of like deaths in our family and, and deaths of people close. And I, I just recently, uh, she lost a, a coworker and then a little one. My, my wife, for those who are listening for the first time, she's a nurse in a pediatric intensive care unit. And so we process death a, a decent amount. And one thing I was really, um, as I was interceding one day amidst some of this circumstance, I was I was brought to just reflecting on like me dying, right? That like not not in like a morbid way, but I, I'm going to die. And so I, I started thinking about that in the context of Christianity, the idea of like how can you kill someone who's already died? You know, like this I, this idea that like well, actually, the beauty of this is I can live freely. The death does seem final, kind of, but if I'm like actively in my life, knowing that like I've died and Christ is living in me, and I'm I'm just gonna go to sleep and wake. And now again, I'm not saying that's an easy path. But I was almost drawn to this thought of like, what if, what if it, at the end of my life, I have a diagnosis and I'm going to pass or something like that. And a friend of mine is like, we're talking, you know, and they're, they're emotional because they don't, they don't know what, they don't know life without me yet, like in the way that we know it now. And what if I was able to look over to them and actually minister to them? Like say something like this, like, man, the unknown can be scary sometimes, can't it? Like me, me being the one who's going to be passing, looking like, like we know somewhere in our humanness, we know that's the right response. Like we, that's the mature, like that's the, whoa, that's the other focused. You're outside of yourself. The, the selfishness and vainglory have kind of faded. And you're in this, like with this person, it's just funny to me that I think in the depth of our heart, we know that getting outside of ourselves is the solution, but it's so hard. And, um, I don't know. I don't even know what I want to ask when I throw it to you, Dan, but like something around the idea, I, I think the dying piece, you, you mentioned demonstrate and die, right, Aaron, that we're going to demonstrate the life of Christ uh, and we're, we're going to die to the things of the flesh, the things of the past, the things that hold us back. And um, 
I wonder any reflections on I'm, dying in the Christian sense, Dan? <laughs> Lots of reflections <laughs> on dying. No, I'm, I'm just thinking of St. Francis. Um, I mean, so he he was in prayer and God asked him to live a, oh, a way of life that was totally different. Mm-hmm. And um, he demonstrated a, the gospel in the way that Holy Spirit asked him to demonstrate the gospel. And he did it in a way that he was willing to throw everything away, uh, his, the opinion of others, his, his own possessions, his own, his, his own social status, his own parental love. He, mm-hmm. he literally um, rejected the world to be faithful to what God was asking. And hmm. I think because of that, he, he changed the world, right? Like yeah. he made a difference. You can, we can all agree <laughs> that Francis made a difference. Mother Teresa, the same way, right? That mm-hmm. she she was a part of a religious community and left that religious community based off of a word that the Lord was speaking to her to live differently. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes the, I think it isn't, we're, we're doing one of two things. We're either, we're not going after the Lord enough to ask him, how do you want me to live differently in this world? Um, or we're hearing what he's inviting us into and we're not doing it, mm-hmm. right? And I think those are the the two areas that um, we may find ourselves as a Christian. I was, I was running a retreat this mm-hmm. weekend on Saturday and um, someone was really rocked during one of our, our times of prayer. And I was just, I was asking him, I, I had led a meditation. And I asked him, you know, what are you, what are you thinking right now? And he's he's like, I just, I've got to ask the question, more often am I who Jesus asked me to be, <laughs> right? Wow. That like, that, yeah. that question just has to be, am I living differently enough? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Is it, because if I just go with the flow, the world, chances are I'll, I'll, I'll accidentally just become a yeah. cultural Christian yeah. um, or a, but I, so I have to be attentive to the word of the Lord, which is living and active. So the word the Lord spoke uh, to yesterday is not the word he's speaking today. And so what, Lord, how do you want me to live today in my, mm-hmm. my work, within my relationships, within my life, with my vocation, like all of these different things, how do you want me to live? Listen to that and then act on it, right? Mm-hmm. Be hearers mm-hmm. of the word and doers of the word. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's the key to, to being different mm-hmm. is that I would hear because if I tell you how to be different, Brad, sure. then I'm just, I'm communicating what I think God is communicating to me. And that's, sure. it's hard to say that. It, it, I hate it because it's a cop-out, like, mm-hmm. but truly it takes personal discernment. I, I I don't think everyone is called to live like Francis, mm-hmm. but Francis sure as heck was called yeah. to live like Francis. And mm-hmm. so um, what am I called to do? And mm-hmm. it shouldn't be any less radical. It should just be different. Different. Yeah. The, the examination portion I think is important there too, right? Because whenever I analyze my life to see like, okay, Lord, am I living out what you're asking me to live? I can answer that. No. And that's when I have to understand that his mercy is sufficient there. Mm-hmm. And I can answer that question. Yes. Which is when I still need to know that I'm dependent on him. Right, because because at the end of the day, and you talk about this so well, Dan, is it's not a matter of if I've checked all of those boxes. It's it's a matter of am I living in this active relationship with Jesus? Because I'm never the the best part of Christianity is that I'm called to live as Jesus in the world. I will never do that perfectly ever, which is amazing because it makes me totally dependent always. Yeah. Right, but it also can leave 
um, people, and this is an encouragement today before we kind of recap and then pray. If you're listening today and you're like, hey, I, I actually don't know the next step here. The next step is submitting yourself to Jesus again right now. That Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I want to be so focused on who you are that I become more like you without even knowing it, right? That like, that when we walk with Jesus, we become like him. Those 12 apostles, they became like him. Those church fathers, they became like him. All of the litany of saints, they've become like him. And we're called to do that same thing. And again, the pitfall sometimes can be, hey, well, I'm kind of doing everything, so I'm just gonna stay in this comfort zone that I found. Well, no, examine your life and see what God has for you that's more than where you're at. And if you're in a place where you're like, I'm examining my life and it's a mess, his mercies are sufficient and he can bring you back. Um, Before we um, close with prayer, any final thoughts? Awesome. That's where we're at. Well, um, do you, do you think I'm awesome? <laughs> You're okay. Yeah. And decent. Usually. The new yeah. age joke is still sitting with him pretty yeah, heavy from yeah. the beginning, but um, let's go Next ahead and week. pray. Next week. Yeah. 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 Um, we're going to pray. I'm going to open and close us. And then Dan, Aaron, feel free to um, add in, but we're just going to pray today that all of you listening and us included would, um, would take this venture into differentness with Jesus that we could know in our hearts that we're called to make a difference and leave a mark. And the only way to do that is to be different. So let's pray in the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord, make us different. We are hungry for you. We want to live life in the way you desire us to live it. We want to set aside the areas of comfort and set aside the areas of accusation so that we can become more like you. So help us do that here today, Lord. Jesus, keep us hungry for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I pray that we would we would put ourselves in situations where we can't control it on our own. Uh, put us in places where we need we need you in order to be successful, uh, whether in evangelization yeah. or in witness or in relationship uh, or in demonstration. Mm-hmm. God, we we, we want to rely on you, uh, Lord. I want to pray. Yeah, there's just, uh, I think there's people who have had um, premonitions, convictions in their heart and ideas in their mind to do things differently uh, and to live differently. And they haven't had the courage to step into that. Um, And the Lord just wants to speak to you today. And um, he says, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. Get out of the boat, Mm -hmm. walk on water. So I just speak to you and I, I just pray that God's courage would be over you. I pray that um, fear would be dispelled from you and that you would take action in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we trust in you. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For all of you listening today, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And today we talked about living differently, that in living differently every single day, we can see how are we witnessing to the reality of Jesus in our lives? How are we proclaiming his goodness and the good news that he brings to us every day? And how are we from that place demonstrating his love for the world. If you've listened here today and you've been blessed by the word spoken, please share this with a friend who might get something out of it. If you have a college student in your life who could use hearing this message, send it to them. If you have a spouse who you're like, I'd like to get on the same page with this, send it to them. We want this message to get to as many people as possible. Also like, and subscribe. We want to thank our friends over at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio who sponsor this podcast and make all of it possible. And we look forward to seeing you next time. This is Beyond Damascus. God bless.